What is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX GamerCast. We are on episode 57 of my little gaming show where once a week I just need to ramble about video games. Rather, I'm reviewing a game that I'm playing now, which is what we're doing today, baby. Or sometimes I'll go back in my past and do a retrospective on a game I grew up with. I'll do a versus series every now and again where I'll just put up two topics or two franchises games and they battle it out for supremacy did one of those recently it was rock band versus guitar hero you can go back and listen to that one that was a lot of fun and yeah sometimes i'll just throw in some top 10s sometimes just random gaming topics whatever be it i just love video games and i need to talk about them for at least an hour a week because i I gotta get it out so Usually, we'll start out with a little bit of an intro. We'll talk about some of the video games, movies, and television shows I have been diving into over the last week or so. And I always encourage you, the listener, to let me know what you've been up to. I'd love to hear about it. You diving into a TV show, you just can't stop watching it. You saw a movie, even if it's like 20 years old, but you're just like blown away at how good it was, or even how bad it was. Let me know about it. I want to know about it. And of course, if you got a video game recommendation, maybe something that slipped on underneath the cracks or just something you just want to tell somebody how much you're enjoying it let me know about it i would love to know if you got a good game recommendation hit me up someday i might play it i'll just slap it on to the backlog and one day i'll get to it so let me know what you've been up to as i let you know what i've been up to so let's start off with I don't know. Let's let's do movies. I think so. I I rewatched uh, the Mario Bros. movie again this time with my wife, and it was actually a better watch the second time around. I actually enjoyed it more on my second viewing, oddly, and I enjoyed it quite a lot the first time I watched it. But it, I I think I even laughed more the second time. Now that might have been because I was watching it with my wife, and she just makes everything a little bit more enjoyable. You know what I'm saying? But it was. It's a great movie. I, I really do enjoy it. Uh, I've been dying to watch the so- the Sonic the Hedgehog movies. I haven't watched them. I think they're going into their third one now, so I really got to get onto those ones. Uh, so that was a great movie. I would recommend that. And I also watched um, A Knock at the Cabin. So that is M Night Shyamalan's uh, most recent movie. I don't remember how. I don't know how the fuck to say his name, but it's got Batista in it, and. Wow, I actually loved this movie. I was I went into it blind as I think you should with any M Night Shyamalan movie because there's always going to be a big twist or something going on with it. So, yeah, man, this movie did a fantastic job at drawing me in within like 3 minutes of the movie. I was already drawn in. It was very eerie. Loved the I just loved the atmosphere of the movie and Batista was fantastic in this movie. I know people may not think of him as, you know, an actor or anything. You know, personally, I remember him the most as a WWE superstar. And, man, he was awesome in this movie, not playing a a typical role of his. You know, he was uh, more, I don't know, it was a very serious role. And it was a very, very interesting movie. I, I liked it all the way throughout. The ending, you know, it was a little bit, Eh, but um, I still really enjoyed the ride getting to the end of it. Um, yeah, I would say it's one of my preferred M. Night Shyamalan movies. I think probably the one, like, the last movie of his that I enjoyed, but it was like, eh, was The Village. And uh, yeah, this is probably one of his better movies, I would say. I would definitely recommend checking it out. Go in blind, don't look up anything, just 
get engrossed in the in the atmosphere and the mystery of what the fuck is going on in this movie. And yeah, it was really fucking good. I really, really enjoyed it. I would give that movie an 8 out of 10. I, I thought it was great. I had a really good time with it. And then a few, I watched a handful of documentaries this week. Uh, some good, some not so good. So let's start off with um, the one that I, I enjoyed the most was uh, B.S. High. This is on Netflix, and it's about um, basically this phony baloney high school football team that goes into, um, they take advantage of young people that, um, it's a, it's basically a scam, and it goes into, you know, they talk uh, to the the football players that were affected by it, but the the star of this documentary is the the coach or the guy that ran this program. He is one of the biggest fucking scumbags I have ever witnessed in my life. Uh, he is so shameless. He is so just... He does not care whatsoever what he did to these players' lives or anything. Feels no remorse. He thinks he did nothing wrong, so... Uh, that guy, you want to fucking crack him in the face the whole time. His fucking shit-eating grin, that horrific laugh that he just... That cackling laugh. I mean, the guy is legitimately a fucking supervillain. But it was a very enjoyable, very interesting documentary. It's sad. I mean, most documentaries are. They generally revolve around a, a fairly sad story. And this one is a fairly sad story. You know, some people came out okay on the other end of it. Some others weren't so lucky and didn't didn't really get out of it so good but um it was a good watch man it's a good watch it definitely fired me up like i was just very upset with that with the way that that man just felt no remorse for what he did but it was a it's a worthwhile watch i also watched telemarketers which is a three-part docu-series talking about the scams of telemarketing. So I imagine that everybody uh, nowadays is quite aware of telemarketing. I personally never answer my phone anymore because of telemarketers. I just, I can't do it. It's, I'll never answer my phone because of them. So this goes into uh, quite like, it goes like into the belly of the beast. Like these dudes are working for a very well-known company that was in all right in the middle of the scam uh, of a charity where they would take donations from people and they would keep like 90% of the profits, keep it all for themselves. And then maybe 10% of it goes to the actual charity. So these guys worked in these companies. They were undercover and like uncovering all this shit. It spans over like 10 years. There's a point in it where they like gave up, I think. And then they like reunited years later and then finished the job sort of. Now I will admit this was really, really good, but it had one of the most unsatisfying ending endings to anything I have ever seen in my life. It literally abruptly ends, and uh, I don't really want to spoil it, but it's got one of the worst, most unsatisfying endings I have ever witnessed. Like, I probably went off on a 25-minute tangent after it was over. I was like, "Are you? That, that's how you end it? And then the, they acted like they did a big thing. Now, maybe they did something, but... The way that that movie ends, it kind of looks like the bad guys win. So, I don't know. You can watch it and let me know what you think of it. I thought it was good. Again, though, that ending was horrible. One of the worst, most unsatisfying endings I have ever witnessed. So, keep that in mind if you are going to dive into a three-part docuseries. It is 98% good. It's just that last 10 minutes of it is just, like, cringy bad. Anyway... Uh, another documentary I watched was the Ric Flair 30 for 30. Been meaning to watch this for a very, very long time. 
Uh, if you don't know anything about Ric Flair, sure, it's a fine watch. If you are already pretty well aware of Ric Flair, like I am, I really didn't learn a whole lot different. Uh, I didn't really learn anything new about Ric Flair that I didn't already hear. There were a couple of stories that were pretty interesting to hear. It's like a 45-minute, 50-minute documentary. It's not very long. If you're bored like I was, pop it on and it's a fine watch, but it's not a must-watch. But if you are kind of like I was with Ric Flair, I had no idea who Ric Flair was when I first started watching wrestling. And Ric Flair was probably in his 50s at the time when I first started watching it. And I was like, who the fuck is this old man getting his ass kicked every week? Like, I I had no idea who he was. And over the past, like, 15, 20 years, I have become to... I've come to respect Ric Flair very much so for what he did in the wrestling business. He is legitimately one of the greatest of all time. And it's a very, very interesting story, if you haven't heard it before. I mean, Ric Flair legitimately lived the gimmick. He was styling, profiling, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. You know what I'm saying? But... It was fine. It was a fine documentary, but, you you know, you don't have to watch it. And then the documentary, this one really just upset me. I could not finish it. It made me so mad. I, I had to turn it off. And that is Scout's Honor on Netflix. So Scout's Honor, it's about Boy Scouts and the sexual abuse of said Boy Scouts. I made it about half hour into it. I got so angry at just the, the blatant, just non-caring. Uh, it's just... You know, I, I, won't, I won't get into it. I don't want to get fired up. It's an extremely hot topic. It made me very, very upset. Um, just at, just the, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? The irresponsibility of adults and just the lack of caring, the, the, just the lack of everything, man. It was, it's a very upsetting documentary. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Um, yeah, man. So that, yeah, that's a, definitely a viewer discretion advice. Like I knew what I was getting into going into it. But just the stories, and yeah, they, it's very, very, very dark. It's very, very sad. So take that with a grain of salt. But it's a, it's a very powerful watch. I mean, it definitely goes into it, man. It goes into it. But I mean, if you're looking to get upset and, and listen to some very, very tragic, sad stories, I am disgusted that this stuff goes down still today or ever. I mean, it's horrendous. But it is out there, man. So, I mean, if you if you want to get educated on these kind of things, um, that's probably a solid documentary. I can't really say I recommend it um, because it's just it's a very hard watch. It's a it's an ugly, ugly, ugly topic. So uh, keep that in mind if you are going to try and dive into Scout's Honor. It's um, yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard. So. We'll try and move on from that. We'll we'll move on to video games now that I've been going into over the last week. So I'm still continuing on with my Horizon. I'm like 40 hours in now. I'm admittedly starting to get gassed out. Um, so a review for that game should be coming. I don't know if it's going to be next week. If I can get it done in time, then yes, it'll be next week. If not, probably throw in a top 10 next week and we'll do it the week after. So we'll be, do- we'll be going... Uh, in-depth with uh, Horizon Forbidden West in a couple weeks or so. And then I dived into the big one, y'all. I did it. Started playing Starfield, which I imagine a lot of us are playing Starfield right now. Me and my friend included, we're both playing it. My buddy way further in the game than I am. The first day he played it, he said he put like 12 hours into it. I gave him a standing ovation. That's extremely impressive. Good on ya. Me, I'm, uh, I started about three days ago. I got about six to eight hours I think right now and yes the game is starting to open up for me now and I'm 
getting quite into it, getting quite into it. Um, like first quick impressions that I can say it is, yes, it is definitely like Fallout in space. Uh, mix it in with a little bit of No Man's Sky. And uh, yeah, so far so good. Now admittedly, nothing has blown my mind yet. I mean, everything has just been like, yep, okay, the combat is is solid, not great. Uh, the flying... It's it's fine again. I have I can't really say too much about it because there's the game still needs to open up to me. I'm still very very early, but I'm enjoying it so far. Made myself a nice character and um sadly I didn't get to name my character so my name is player. So I'll just be player, I guess. I don't know. It's um so far so good. So I would imagine there will be a Starfield review on this podcast at some point i may play it similarly to how i did it with uh tears of the kingdom where i might have a like a 40 or 50 hour uh impressions video talk about how i'm feeling about the game so far and then we'll do a final review it seems like from how i'm gauging starfield's reviews out there it seems like you got to play quite a bit of it and uh, the longer you play it, the more you're going to like it. So I know some people really hate that. I do too. I don't like hearing, oh, the game doesn't get good until 12 hours. Some people said the game doesn't really get good until you beat the game. So those were major red flags, but I wouldn't listen to those people. I mean, it's I'm enjoying it right out of the gate. They get you going. I don't think it's as slow of a beginning as like a Fallout 3. Fallout 3's beginning is like really really slow this one you're, you're getting to do some stuff pretty early and yeah i'm enjoying it so far it's not blowing me away i don't think it's going to be like my game of the year or anything but there is that and i also made a big purchase i have not started playing this game yet i told i told myself i will not start playing it until i beat horizon and that game is Baldur's gate 3 so i had to do it this game came on my radar out of nowhere i have not stopped hearing about this game uh, since it came out, the reviews are out of control. Even my sister bought this game. She uh, she came down to visit, and she was like, did you get Baldur's Gate 3? I was like, did you? She's like, oh my god, yeah. And she was going on about how amazing it was, and she's convinced me to buy it. I was already going to buy it. I was going to wait a little bit and uh, see how the reviews were for PlayStation, see if there's any bugs, any major updates coming, so on and so forth. It seems the reviews have come out for PlayStation. Everything seems good and dandy, ready to go. So I bought it, and I am going to eventually dive into Baldur's Gate 3. And I cannot freaking wait, man. This is... It looks so, so amazing. I, I literally cannot wait, but told myself, gotta beat Horizon. And I wanted to start Starfield before I dive into Baldur's Gate, because I have a... A little bit of a fear that Baldur's Gate is going to be one of those game-changing style of games where once you play this, it's going to drastically shift the way that I think about other video games. Now, for an example, games like Red Dead Redemption 2. When I played through that game, it changed how I felt about open-world games. Um, my, my expectations for those games increased a lot after playing Red Dead, and it made some of the subpar... Uh, open world games that I, I normally would enjoy made them a, a little bit less enjoyable after you play a masterpiece like Red Dead Redemption. So I'm hoping that Baldur's Gate isn't going to ruin RPGs or anything like that. I doubt it. It just it just looks so up my alley. So I cannot wait to make my my character with a micro penis. It's going to be amazing. So. That is everything that I've been up to over the last week or so. Let me know what you've been up to, and let's dive into Hi-Fi Rush. 
let's do some Hi-Fi Rush, baby. Now, I admittedly, this was one of the first games that really, really caught my eye on the Xbox Series SX, whichever that was. One of the first games that I was not able to play on my old Xbox, and I was devastated because... Everyone that was playing this game when it came out were loving it. This was one of those kind of a sleeper hit. Kind of came out of nowhere. I don't think there was necessarily a lot of hype behind this game. I mean, I imagine the trailers made a lot of people go, ooh. But when it finally came out, I, a lot of people were quite blown away by how good this game really is. And myself included. Now, I came in with a little bit more expectations and holy shit, dude, the first hour or two of this game absolutely blew me away. Like, what an incredible introduction this game has to the main character, Chai, who you're playing as. He's this, like, super charismatic, almost like a Peter Parker, Spider-Man kind of character. And he's got this robotic arm, which I know is, like so cliche in this generation of games there's been so many main characters that have the robotic arm but chai has a robotic arm as well but he also loves music he loves music he wants to be a rock star and yeah man he's got this fantastic personality he's really funny and very 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 charming so that's the guy you're playing as and what is this game? Well, technically, it's kind of got a lot of things going on, but to boil it down, it's an action platformer, kind of a beat-em-up. But the, the big twist to this game is that it's got kind of a rhythm game situation going on to it. So think of your regular action platformer, beat-em-up like Ratchet & Clank, something like that. But it's got a track playing over top, and you can, if you play to the beat and you hit your enemies on the beat, you're going to do more damage. And if you keep it in time with the beat, you can get some really wild combos going. So that's the big thing, the big gameplay twist to Hi-Fi Rush that they're bringing to this kind of action platforming uh, genre, and it is quite the the breath of fresh air, I must admit. But before we dive too deeply into the gameplay, I really, really need to talk about the art style and, and the look of this game. It is by far the most eye-catching thing about this game is its incredible, incredible art style. I mean, oh my goodness, man. Like, it looks like... Um, I, I, if you've watched the Spider-Man into the multiverse movies or, or anything like that, the, the animated movies, it really reminds me of that. It's got this unique kind of animation to it where people are moving kind of like they do in those movies. It's very, very stunning. And and the, the look of this game is unbelievably beautiful. It's got a look similar to uh, Sunset Overdrive mixed with... Uh, oh, what's that game called? That rollerblading game. Oh, Jet Set Radio mixed with like a little bit of Ratchet and Clank. It's very cartoony and look extremely colorful. It's so bright and vivid. I mean, wow, this game pops, man. This is a very poppy looking game. Looks so freaking good. Lots of attitude to this world that you're in. Like, Every, every level that you go to, like, everything is moving to the groove of the beat that you're playing along to. Like, the walls are moving, the ground is shaking with the beat. All the, the environment is interacting with the music, with you. And it's, it's really quite awesome, I must admit. And like I said, man, the opening of this game, you just got these beautiful... I mean, they have cutscenes, they're, like, slightly elevated from what you're doing 
in regular gameplay, but I love the style of this game, man. By far, that is my favorite thing of this game. I could sit there and just stare at it. It's so beautiful. If I, like, I would love a big picture of Hi-Fi Rush and that art style. It's just amazing. And I feel, I'll just say this now, the, I had to look up, uh, because I got this game on Game Pass, so I didn't have to buy it, but I had to go up and look up the price of this game, and it's only a $30 game, so, and I admittedly, I thought, like, going into this game, I thought this was a big budget title, and no, it's kind of the, it's, I wouldn't call it necessarily an indie game, because it's made by Bethesda, so it's got some, it's got some pretty hefty meat behind it, but uh, I was blown away. This looks like a AAA game, it's got a AAA art style, and yeah, it's uh, fucking mind blowing. So that was a huge surprise to me. I would have, I, I would have been fine with it being a full priced game. It would have been, you know, it w- I definitely would have been a recommendation to pick it up on sale. But I would have understood if this was a full price title because it sure does look and kind of plays like one too. So I'm keeping that in mind as well. And now let's go back to the gameplay. So like I said, you're doing this action. Uh, platforming kind of beat em up situation. Very, very similar to a Ratchet and Clank where you have a weapon, you kind of got this, uh, it's basically a metal rod, but you, it'll, it has like a magnet and it'll uh, bring all this like metal towards it and it makes like a cool big guitar thing. So you're basically beating the shit out of everything with a guitar and you got your standard combos and a whole bunch of different variety of moves you know you can juggle them up in the air and continue onward with your combos now admittedly i've never really been all that good at these kind of games like your devil may cries even bayonetta i can it depends on how into the combat i am and admittedly the combat is it's fine it's like i said it's not mind-blowing it's bringing in that rhythm element but it's not like necessary like i said you don't have to be on time with the beat i admittedly was not very good at staying on time with the beat which is kind of sad because i'm a drummer so i should be really good at keeping the beat but uh not so much in this game so you're, you're, you're hitting your combos in time with the beat. You'll do more damage if you are able to hit them in time with the beat that is playing. And there's like easier... They do everything that they can to make that as easy as possible. You could put on a little display where it basically has like almost like the notes coming down where it'll make sure you can hit them more easily in time. I never turned it on. I didn't feel that it was necessary. Um, I missed a lot. Of, of moves out of time and yeah it doesn't really bother you all that much if you're not doing it in time so you're unlocking combos uh, when you're beating up enemies you'll find very similar to bolts in ratchet and clank there's like little fucking pieces of metal on the ground that you collect that is your currency in the game so you're beating up enemies collecting the currency that's all around the levels and you can upgrade your combos you can get these kind of special attacks admittedly i didn't do a lot of different combos or special attacks one of the cool things that they do have in this game is that you can buy a combo say you buy this combo for 10,000 and you try it out and maybe you don't like it that much you can resell it back to the vendor you only lose like 500 on it so it does a really good job at allowing you to try out a whole bunch of different combos without wasting your money so I got to give them their props for doing that I admittedly like I said I didn't really take advantage of that I I found the combos that worked for me and I kind of just stuck with them and the same thing kind of goes with the special moves 
once you you'll fill up this kind of bar once the bar is full you can unleash your a special move the one in particular that i i just i bought it that was the first one that i bought and i loved it and i thought it was just spectacular i just you hit down on both the the sticks and then it basically takes me into uh almost like a old school rhythm game situation where it's like all right hit x x y x in time with the beat and then if you hit it all uh perfectly you do a big old fucking like big range attack and then you can double it down with another attack it was very very good but they have a huge list of a whole variety of moves and different combos like oh hit x x and then they have these combos that you have to like rest a beat so it'll be like x x rest and then bam bam then you go on again they'll do a whole different combo so if you're into that kind of thing and you like doing a whole bunch of different combos and remembering all the different ways to do the combos and stringing together these massive you know air juggling combos back down to the ground back up to the air special move hi-fi rush does that now me like i said i don't really jive with that i like to keep it simple i'm generally playing a lot of different games at the same time so i don't tend to keep the combos in my brain i'm just like all right just give me the ones that are just spamming x x x x x x those work for me so i I was fine with the combat you can get more in depth with it if you want to or you can keep it very very basic like i did both work fine and then on top of the combos and the special moves you have some companions and friends you're going to meet along the way and they also offer up some special abilities so the first person you get introduced to is peppermint she is kind of like your typical tech wizard she's very very good with computers and technology and all that stuff and she has a very cool robotic leg oh snap so she doesn't have the robotic arm but she's got the robotic leg and yeah man she's a really cool character i liked her but the best part about peppermint is that she's got this adorable oh it is so freaking cute this little adorable robotic cat named 808 and 808 comes along with you it's basically like her android thing like her voice will play out of it but it's also its own being so i don't know regardless it's a cat so it's extremely cute so i I gotta shout out 808 for being one of the cutest sidekicks ever and when you go like Whenever you finish a level, you can go back to your base or whatever, and, like, your friends are going to be there. You can interact and talk with them and shit. And then you can also just hang out on the couch with 808, and you can just pet the cat and talk to it. I did that every single time. You fucking know it. But Peppermint also has her own ability. She can like shoot shit when uh, you're in battle and she can also there's like some environmental puzzles if you want to call it that but it's like oh there's a button in the distance and she will shoot the button in the distance or shoot something in the distance it's pretty useful like i really got quite good admittedly at uh stringing together combos using the abilities of my friends along with me throwing in combos it takes a little while to get used to it uh because you have to I think it's the trigger buttons you have to use to call them in. So you basically aim it at an enemy or an object you want her to shoot at, release the trigger, and there she goes. And then I think you have to hit the the shoulder buttons to cycle through the different abilities. So you could basically sit there, and they're all on like a refresh thing. You can't just keep spamming them over and over again. They have to recharge a little. But once you unlock them all, you can sit there and just basically continuously stream the three abilities all back to back to back along with your combos. And you are just 
fucking slaughtering everybody. Like it's it's quite satisfying once I got the rhythm of that getting uh going down along with hitting everything in time and having a good rhythm, hitting some nice combos and just slaughtering people. And at the end of every combat uh encounter, they'll like grade you on how good you were with your timing, how good you were uh in terms of speed, how fast you were able to take out everything, and I think The other one's like damage or something like that. Regardless, they give you a grade at the end. Uh, You know, like like school, A, B, C, D. Admittedly, I was probably averaging like a B, A. I was very bad at the timing. I I would rarely get over like 60% on my timing, but I would always crush the speed. Like I would... Get, always get S rank or S rank on the speed. I was doing everything very fast, just not very clean. So that was also quite fun. I, I did get um, pretty satisfied at getting the grades after every combat encounter. That was pretty cool. But yeah, Peppermint is dope. She's a really cool character. The next dude you get introduced to is Macaron. Uh, he's fine. He's like really, really big. He's like the size of a fucking tree or something he's huge absolutely massive man his arm his one arm is like three of you like the dude is massive but he's also a big baby like a big teddy bear oh i don't want to fight i don't like fighting i don't want to use my big big powerful muscles for 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 fighting i just want to be big for the sake of being big i guess so he's got that kind of characteristics going on he's okay his power is also eh He'll come in, he's he's definitely a lot better in combat, like he'll just come in and basically plow into anything and, and anything in his splash radius will, will get done some damage. He can take out like big armored enemies and also Peppermint when she, she can shoot down specific enemies with shields. So she's got that, you gotta shoot off their shields and then you can attack them. He does the same thing for other types of shields. And then his like environmental ability is, is admittedly kind of annoying like he'll you use him to like punch down big heavy doors or something and you call him in it takes him like a second or two to pop up and he shows up and then he'll like start pumping his arm basically and you got to hit it at the right time and if you don't he just disappears then you got to wait you recall him back and you got to do it again and yeah sometimes that was rather annoying and you got to be patient it really seems like they want you to do it like really fast but i found patience was the key to being able to use macaron's ability with uh success so he was not my favorite character he was just kind of there he wasn't bad or anything i just didn't like him all that much i wasn't going out of my way to go talk to him or anything like that oh sorry there is actually another character that you get before him but he's you don't use him in combat he's just kind of there his name is cinnamon it's C-N-M-N and they just call him Cinnamon so that's amazing I love that the names in this game are fantastic they're all like food so that's really cool and he's like your classic robotic assistant very funny I love robotic characters like I am your friend please hug me love that shit and the best thing that he does he doesn't like have emotions on his face so he'll just take a marker and draw like emotion on his face it's it's a really nice touch so Cinnamon Really cool in my books, but he doesn't really provide anything other than a little bit of comic relief. And then you get 
I would have to say she's probably my favorite character, and that is Corsica. She is awesome. She's like this fiery red-headed, red-headed Scottish girl, and like, mwah, like my dream girl right there. Love fiery red-headed Scots girls. Oh my goodness. And that's what she is. She's got a little bit of an attitude. She's definitely fiery, and yeah, she is awesome. Now, admittedly, her her character and her personality is is a lot better than say her abilities in combat she what the fuck does she do i think she like blows air at people basically and it'll there's certain enemies that use fire and you got to blow out their fire with her abilities and in terms of her environmental ability i think like when you got to power up a fan to generate power you use her ability and you like shoot her you got to do like a timing thing it's it's pretty good it's not bad you know it's pretty simple it gets the job done it wasn't anything too crazy but by far she's like my favorite character she's just so awesome and there's a little bit of a twist with her but i'm not i'm not gonna do any spoilers or anything like that you'll just have to play the game to uh to see what corsica is all about so that is essentially all of the combat stuff that i wanted to talk about so we'll quickly talk about platforming because there is you know platforming in this game but i will admit it is extremely basic bitch it's, uh, yes, I mean, admittedly, it was a, a little bit boring. Um, it, it, you have a jump button, you got your classic double jump, you do some very simple jumping, platforming. Every now and again, you get these really fun, like, zipline things. You'll get on a zipline, and you're fucking just flying at the speed of, of sound, and sometimes you get to dodge things. Those parts were really fun, but they're very few and far between, and even some of the zipline things, you're just riding it. You're not dodging anything. I really wish they threw in more of the zipline with the dodging, because that was actually a lot of fun, so I was hoping there was going to be more of that. I was actually a little bit surprised at how kind of basic and boring the level design was when it came to the platforming parts. It was very basic. Like I said, it's kind of all labeled and, and kind of laid out for you. Like, there'll be the, the, the currency that is on the ground. It's basically pathing the way to go. It's like, oh, okay, there's money over there. That's where I need to go. And yeah, sometimes they'll have like, oh, there's a left path over there. What's down there? And then that's where you'll find these chips. They have chips, and those are like little upgrades that you can have. They're they're quite useful. You can uh, I think you can only have so many of these chips up uh, equipped, but you can unlock uh, some ability upgrades. You can buy more slots. They're very very expensive. That was the one thing about like they have a store, and you can purchase these chips. You can purchase like health upgrades, new combos, and all that stuff. They're quite expensive, honestly. So I didn't get to buy all that many of them. I was definitely saving my money to get more chip slots so I can have more of these perks, which are like, oh, the the recharge rate for Corsica's ability is, is reduced by 20%, stuff like that. So they're pretty helpful. Little uh, bonuses that you can find throughout the levels. I think they also have, oh, there's, there's like these statues that you can find, you hit them, you get a whole bunch of money. They have some pretty good collectibles as well scattered throughout the game. There's like little graffitis that you can find on the wall. You can go around collecting those. That was pretty cool. But back to the platforming. It's um it doesn't even feel all that good admittedly. Like Chai's jump. It feels off, man. It feels like heavy and w- when I'm playing this game, it kind of it feels like light and airy, but his jump feels 
it doesn't feel like it goes high enough. I feel like his jump should be higher and he should go further. I never really felt comfortable doing the platforming. I was never... I always did a double jump because I never felt confident he would make the jump in a single jump. And a lot of the time I'm overshooting it. So the platforming just didn't feel great to me. Uh, especially if you play like a really, really top-notch platformer. Like say Rayman Legends or or a Mario game. And the, and the precision is there. It's not here in Hi-Fi Rush. So the platforming is fine. It's, it's not bad. It's definitely not like breaking the game or anything like that. It just didn't feel very satisfying. It was very basic, very easy. There weren't really any platforming sections I was doing over and over again because it was such a hard jump to make. It was like, no, it's all very, very basic. So, I mean, I'm not a good... Uh, I'm not good at platforming games anyway. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of good, but it, it's it's sort of a problem. The platforming didn't feel very crisp. So there is that. They also have... Um, so I talked about you can purchase the new abilities and all that stuff, but they also have these kind of like challenges and it'll be you know classic challenges beat this many enemies use this ability so many times do this combo so many times and when you complete them you get a nice chunk of money so don't forget to collect your challenge rewards because i forgot that for a while and then i just had all this money i was like fuck yeah but you're also whenever you complete a challenge you get a piece of this mural this massive picture in your hangout and you're you're piecing together this massive picture and I, I of course I didn't get to finish it there's a ton of challenges but it's very cool like I was very tempted to do more of the challenges so that was a nice touch that they added there as well so I have a couple of highlight moments that I want to touch on throughout uh, my playthrough of this game. I'm going to do my best to make sure it's spoiler free, but we're going to be talking about some of the boss fights that are in this game. So if you don't want to hear about boss fights, just skip ahead like six, six or seven minutes or so. And uh, so one of the first, I thought it was going to be a boss fight, but it was like, nope, we're not doing a boss fight. It was basically a cutscene. And admittedly, the cutscene was great and everything, but I was like disappointed. I was like, how is that not a boss fight? That seemed like a boss fight. And then it wasn't a boss fight. So I don't know if that was a joke that just fell flat for me personally, but I was like, oh, I thought for sure I was going to get into a fight. And it looked like it was going to be a really fun fight. Um, but the first, first boss fight you get into, I'm not going to say who it's against, but it was definitely different. So you need to... Uh, time your dodges. Oh, and also, I guess I should mention, you can dodge, and there is also a parry uh, system in this game. Now, the parry is, it's definitely not like Dark Souls level. It's not like super, you gotta be super perfect with it. Honestly, it's actually very, very forgiving. There, A lot of the times, you can literally just spam the, the parry button, and you will dodge everything. I shit you not. So, whenever you get into those situations, you could just spam it, and you'll be just fine. So, they do have a a parry. I just, I really never, never used it until you had to use it. There's certain parts in boss fights where in certain enemies you will come up to as well that, um, I guess I'll dive a little bit more into some of the enemies that you're fighting. So you got your basic bitches, you just beat the crap out of them, they die. And then they start introducing some higher end enemies where you basically have to take down a big part of their health bar and then they'll activate kind of like this quick, quick time system where, They'll kind of show you a rhythm. It'll be like one, two, one, two, three, and you got to hit the parry button in that rhythm. 
And if you don't, you basically got to like beat him up a little bit more and try again. And if you get it, you got to time one more attack and then you'll take them out. And it's, and it's quite nice. I really did like that part of it. I enjoyed the, fighting those enemies and it really kept me on my toes. Cause sometimes I would like do the one, two, one, two, three, and then forget to hit my attack at the end of it. And I would miss it. And I'd be like, Oh fuck. And I got to do it again. So that was pretty neat. Some of the, some of the enemies are f- more fun to fight than others. Like I said, there are certain enemies that come in with their shields and shit. They're pretty annoying. You gotta, you have to, you cannot hurt them until you take out their shield with the special, with your friend's special ability and shit. So those guys can be fairly annoying. And I think by far the most annoying enemy is like a tie between, there's like a motorcycle dude who just repping around on a little motorcycle. And I think he is the one he'll also put down like a, kind of like a little shield thing and it'll shield everybody in the vicinity so you got to destroy him and his little device before you can fight all the other people so that dude can go to hell and any of the flying enemies when you got you gotta go up and and get them they also get this um hook shot thing so you can kind of hook onto the enemy and it'll pull you towards them so that's also very helpful to get your combos going and you can also use those in the environment to uh, latch on to further platforms and whatnot. Probably should have mentioned that. I'm not good at this. So, the enemies, those ones, pretty good. Uh, but I don't like the ones with the shields and the ones that fly. They're fairly annoying. Now, back to the bosses. So, this fight, you have to... You're just walking around in a circle. And you're just waiting for her to lay down a pattern for you to dodge. And, like, it was more of a... Um, more of a cinematic fight instead of a, a gameplay one. So it was fine. I did kind of like the, the trash talk that you're having between each other during the fight. That was good. But the next fight versus uh, Mimosa, that was my favorite fight in the game. It was a perfect mix of fighting and rhythm. And you're on this beautiful stage. And yeah, dude, that by far was my favorite fight in the game. It was just perfectly balanced, which I found the other fights, they rather did too much of this and not enough of that kind of deal. So Mimosa was my favorite fight in the game. Then you got to fight Rockefeller. He, again, just that was very basic. It was basically three stages of just button mashing combos. He didn't really have anything, any gimmick to the fight that was really eye-popping or memorable, but I do recall he looked awesome and the music was dope. Don't worry, we'll, we'll get into the music in a minute. And then the final fight was great. I did like the final boss fight. It was good, and it, it, didn't, it didn't do the usual tropes that uh, some final bosses like to do. They're overly long, or they just fucking shoot up in difficulty. No, I thought they did, again, a good balance of not being too long, not being too difficult. I thought they stuck the landing on the final boss. It was good. Oh, and the, and the final level of, uh, before the boss was spectacular. I think that was probably the best level in the game and which is great. I love when the final, you got to leave a good taste in my mouth and all said and done, it wasn't a overly long game. I think it was maybe 10 to 12 hours. Depends if you want to do some of the extra challenges, uh, how many times you died, I will admit there was a couple... I had some deaths in this game. I wouldn't say it was overly hard. I just am not very good at uh, at the combat sometimes. And yeah, sometimes you would have to go quite a bit back, do 
some of the some parts of the fight over and over again. You weren't able to cut, um, skip through a couple of things, if I can recall. But there are so. I mean, it wasn't a very challenging game or anything. And like I said, it wasn't overly long. But it, I thought they nailed the length of the game. It didn't feel too short, where I was like, oh, that's it. And it definitely didn't go on too long, where I was like, oh, another level of this. I mean, there were a couple of times where I was like, oh no, here comes another fighting section. And I'm just like, oh, I just don't really want to do it. But for the most part, it was quite nice. And at the end game, oh my goodness, does it ever give you a lot to do in the end game? They got tons of new challenges. You can do time trials. There's like an arcade cabinet where you can just play arcade games. You get a shitload of outfits to put on everybody, and a lot of them are really, really funny. So there's a ton more meat on the bone of this game when you're done with it. I wanted to do more with it, but now I've, I've started on with Starfield, and it's like, I think that's probably going to be it for Hi-Fi Rush. But considering that the game is not a full-priced $90 game, they only wanted $29.99, I'm blown away at how much they, they put into this game. It's very, very impressive. Speaking of impressive, let's talk about the music and the voice acting of this game. So obviously, this music has a lot of music, um, love thrown into it. You got a kind of a punk, punk rock mixture soundtrack all throughout it with a lot of, uh, what do you call them? What do you call them? Original songs. There you go. So the Bethesda team or whoever made these songs, they made a whole shitload of songs. I would recommend you check it out on Spotify. They have the whole entire soundtrack and there's a lot, a lot of songs. So if you're looking for a real nice, like, Punky, almost kind of reminds me of the old Tony Hawk games, man, like with that old school punk music. Yeah, the, the music absolutely slaps in this game, but admittedly, if you don't like punk music or, or punk rock music, there really isn't a lot of variety outside of that, but what is there is really, really good shit. And they also do have a handful of licensed track. They have like Nine Inch Nails is kind of the main one that I remember, but they do have some real songs thrown in there as well. They'll usually have those attached to the boss fights, but um, yeah, dude, the music was fantastic. I Right out of the gate, I was like, oh yeah, this is my kind of shit. Just boo-boo-boo-boo-boo, you know, your Blink-182s, your, that, that, I like to call it bubblegum rock, but uh, I, I don't know if that's what it's actually called, but yeah, man, the, the soundtrack was awesome. And then the voice acting was also top tier. Like, this is triple A game level of voice acting. Like, Chai, what a charming, awesome dude he was. And Corsica, I absolutely adored her fucking Scottish accent. And the game is very well written, man. Like, a lot of times I was laughing. This is a very funny, charming game. Now, it's not the funniest game that I played. It's not like South Park uh, or anything like that, but it's a very well-written game. And I could easily see this game transfer to the big screen. Like, no problem. This game almost feels like a, a movie. It feels like you're a very, you know, simple, basic, well-done, well-executed movie. Like, you got you got your enemies, you got your, your triumphs, and then your fall down, and then the, the comeback. Like, it's a very well-paced movie 
story. There's even a nice little twist to it, which I didn't see coming. I was like, oh, snap. So that was, I was quite impressed with the story, man. I, I really was. It's a little bit simple, but again, simple, but executed very, very well. I would not be surprised if we hear of a hi-fi rush movie coming out in the near future because it's got a lot that could easily translate so good to the big screen. It looks so beautiful. The music and the characters, it's all there. It's just ready to go, man. I'm telling you, I will not be surprised if we see this on the big screen very soon. But I, I must say, man, I was very pleasantly surprised with this game. I... Do like there was a little bit of a roller coaster with it, just a little bit, because the like I said, the beginning of this game, at least for me, it drew me in so good. I was just so amazed at, at the style of this game and and the introduction of all the characters were were spot on. It got it sloped down a little bit. I mean, not like it went bad or anything. I was just like, oh okay, like it definitely it definitely shot for the stars at the beginning to really draw you in. Falls down a little bit, but then it draws me right back in with that twist and then the fun finale of the story. Very very well executed. I don't really, you know, it was a it was a hell of a good time. I was pleasantly surprised and um let's let's finalize this thing. Let's let's go through some of the cons and the overall pros. We'll score this bitch and we will send you on your way. So the things that I wasn't overly enamored with was um the basic platforming. It was very very basic. I was even kind of snickering at it. I'm like, "Wow, this is kind of like almost like baby's first platformer a little bit because it was extremely basic um a little bit boring like the platforming sections there's nothing really going on there's not like the like enemies getting thrown at you or anything you're just kind of you and yourself and, and the platforming there's just a little bit basic it can get a a little bit boring i wish there was something more to it there's definitely more that they can add to it i'm not a fucking game developer i don't know what that it is but i i think they'll figure it out at some point and then, I, like I said, I didn't really love... This can also fall into the platforming, but I, I wasn't in love with the jumping mechanic. I, I didn't feel quite right. I feel like it, it felt too heavy. It just didn't flow properly. I, I felt like I really had to like kind of set up the jump and make sure I was all the way to the edge so I'd make it kind of deal. I wish it was a little bit lighter feeling. And then, like... The the combat, it's not bad or anything. This can kind of fall in the middle. It's not necessarily bad or good. It just doesn't do anything that wows me. Like, yes, it has that rhythm thing, which is good, but it kind of wears off. You kind of don't even really think about it sometimes, especially when you get into some of the more chaotic battles. The You can lose the rhythm sometimes in the background. And like I said, they're not necessarily penalizing you. You're not... Like, all, you're going to lose a little bit on your score if you're not uh, laying down the beat in time all the time. But uh, it was fine. Like, the, I like that idea. I imagine they're going to run with that idea a lot more, hopefully in the sequel. If there's going to be a sequel to this game, there's more that they can add on to that combat to make it a little bit more unique. It felt felt very similar to Ratchet & Clank, but Ratchet & Clank's combat is, is just so much better, right? It's just got way more weapons. It just feels better. So it wasn't quite on the level of a Ratchet and Clank, but I also have to keep in mind that this isn't a AAA game, even though a lot of elements of this game are AAA quality. But I would say the platforming and the combat were a little bit under under what I was expecting or hoping of a, of this game. But it was not bad. It was not bad. Just something worth mentioning. And then the pros. I mean, the art style of this game is 
stunning. I love it. I, I really want them to keep going. This is a game that's going to probably never age badly. It's an art style that kind of similar to how uh, Jet Set Radio still looks good. And that is a game that came out like over 20 years ago. Still looks good. That kind of cell shaded bright, colorful art style. It is going to age like a fine wine. I thought the characters and the story were well-written, really good pace to the story as well, and I just loved the characters. I thought everybody was good, uh, really funny. Macaron, he was a little bit basic bitch and kind of a kind of just a bitch in general, admittedly, but he was okay. The, the soundtrack was bumping. I, it's my kind of music, so if you like I said, if you don't like punk rock music, then you, you might not enjoy it as much, but I enjoyed it. It definitely fits with the theme and the style of the game. And then, I mean, the amount of content that you're getting in this game for for 30 bucks is pretty fucking impressive. And like I said, the the amount of quality that is in this game for a $30 title, it's kind of mind-blowing. Like, I'd be challenged to find another game that is $30 or under that looks as good as this. It's, um, I would say, probably the best-looking Xbox SX game that I've played so far. I haven't played very many of them, but this one is definitely definitely up there and i would don't miss out on this game man like it's on game pass it's one of the rare rare xbox exclusives that are that is very much so worth your time to go out and play i am going to give hi-fi rush an eight out of ten this is a great game and like i said it is well worth your time i think alone with the story and the characters that you meet along the way well worth your investment and then on top of that you get a very solid sound gameplay to go with it with that really unique different you know rhythm game thrown in there as well so i really liked that they tried something different and it actually worked like it was really well done i was blown away and i imagine I think a lot of people were blown away at how good Hi-Fi Rush is. It's definitely a game that would make my list for games that I want a sequel for most. Like, I would be all about Hi-Fi Rush 2, man. Like, if they if they wanted to, give it a bigger budget, make it AAA. I don't know if they necessarily have to, because I'm already very impressed. There's, there's so much about it that is AAA to me already, in terms of of graphics and, and the art style and voice acting and storytelling I thought was excellent. And yeah, man, this was a really great game. I am very happy that I got to play it finally. It was, I would say, number, after Starfield, number number two on my hit list for the Xbox exclusive games that I just had to play. Now, this isn't a console mover. This it's It's not enough to sell a console or make someone go out and buy it. But if they did Hi-Fi Rush 2... I think that could fucking move some some consoles for Xbox. This could be a flagship series for them. This could potentially be their Ratchet and Clank, where it's just a very, very great, always consistently great, not amazing or masterpiece level, but an always consistently great game. So I'm hoping that's what we're going to get out of, out of Hi-Fi Rush in the future. I'm hoping we get a sequel. That would be awesome. And you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want to do the little guy a favor, leave me a review wherever you're listening to this. If you want to drop a comment, leave a question or anything like that for the podcast related to video games, wrestling, or hockey, be my guest. Leave a comment or a question. I'll read it out live on the podcast if you'd like me to, or we could just have a private conversation about whatever you want. That would be totally awesome as well. 
So these all get uploaded to YouTube. So that is a great place to drop a comment. You can follow the link down below or search up Gamer GX videos on YouTube. There's a lot more than just the podcasts over there. I have a lot of Let's Plays um, from my... I've been on YouTube for over... Almost 15 years now. We're getting up there. So there's a lot of content over there. Some of it may not have aged great, but you can check it out. Let me know what you think and all that great stuff. Uh, There's also an email address. You can send an email if you'd like. And there's also a Twitter, X page, whatever you want. Link is down below if you want to follow along. Keep up up to date with what's going on with the podcast. And uh, like I said, the next gamer one, it's rather going to be Horizon Forbidden West review or I'm going to be doing a top 10 or something like that. Something easy and fun. So there you go, everybody. Thank you again so much for listening. You can go back and listen to any of the previous 50 some odd GX GamerCast episodes. They age also like a fine wine. You can listen to them whenever, wherever you want. So that would be great. Keep up to date with my with wrestling. You can follow along with my wrestling recap, the GX WrestleCast, and you can keep up to date with the NHL news and what's happening over there with the GX Hockey Cast. So be my guest. Stick around here. I'll be sticking around for a while, and we'll be back again with some more GX. X plus cash.